Hey everybody, Troy Olson here. Hey guys, we split this up into three parts for you. It was a long, long episode, but man, he had such good information. So you'll be getting the third episode here of of me with John Hogan, the, the Superflex dude. It's a great episode. It was, like I said, about an hour and a half. I like to keep him about a half hour, so we split it into three parts for you. Thanks for listening and uh, keep winning. Draft late. You know, we've taken a lot of time on this episode and I really appreciate all your time and we're, we're almost to the end, but the reason that this is all important, especially for a show like mine, that's all about drafting late is, is these are the guys, you know, getting these guys in the right spots, getting these late round quarterbacks in the right spot can really drive your team because you can flip some, if one of these guys takes off and, and gets good, you know, like, like John was saying earlier, you can flip that into a top 10, you know, running back you can flip it into, you know, a top 10 wide receiver. And you, this is a guy that you've taken in the 20th round and it, it could, you know, it could work out because people are going to realize that they need that player to really make a run. And we got just a couple more that I do want to hit on before we call it. But um, the big one that we mentioned earlier, Jarrett Stenham, you don't believe that he's going to be the starting quarterback in new England. You think it's part of the lying season and they're just, they're playing <laughs> games waiting for the right guy. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I mean, I think that they're trying to, leverage a discount maybe from Cam Newton, uh, maybe from the Bengals for Andy Dalton. Um, you know, I, I think that they're trying to uh, to hide what they intend to do in the NFL draft and, you know, possibly be able to to make their move up um, for a, you know, a, a long term starter, you know, and, and do it on the cheap um, rather than, you know, do the, the normal NFL thing, which is kind of telegraph what you're trying to do. Like we've got several teams, my own Broncos, uh, for one talking, you know, the word is out that they're trying to move up. Well, if you're, if you're the Cleveland Browns sitting at number 10 and you actually have, uh, you know, you have confirmation that the Denver Broncos are actively trying to trade up from 15 to your number 10 spot guess what happens to the price of that 10 pick shoots through the damn roof. So, you know, the, the, the Patriots have always been very good at the cerebral side of this game. And, and, and I think that that's what they're doing by they're essentially threatening to start Jarrett Stidham so that everybody knows, you know, Cam Newton, Andy Dalton, these rookie quarterbacks, it's a want, not a need. We're fine with Stidham, even though they're not (laughs) They're you know, we're, they're able to say, yeah, we're, we're fine with that guy. Um, if if we're not able to get somebody else at the right price, where where are you taking him right now? Like, if you're not buying that he's going to be the guy, are you even bothering with him then? Yeah, I'm kind of not. I mean, at that point in the draft, I also just I've got all the quarterbacks I need, so you know, I I I'm not really at that point. I'm I'm kind of not taking very many shots. Like, so here's the thing, and you were just talking about like the the whole name of the game is, you know, getting these guys at the right spots. And what we're trying to do in order to to look around those corners to to get that peak is to, you know, you you have to tell yourself a story. What's the story for Jarrett Stidham where he ends up returning, I mean, really any kind of value, where he ends up getting to that max value where you can trade him away and get more than what you paid for him. 
And, you know, I, I, and I can sit here and do it with so many of these quarterbacks, but Stidham just really is one of those guys where I, I just, I don't see a way for this to happen. I mean, I don't even think that he would start over Brian Hoyer at this point. So, you know, I certainly don't think that he's a better option than, you know, again, Cam Newton, Andy Dalton, maybe even Jameis Winston. Certainly every, I don't think they would go with Jameis Winston. He's, he's the wrong fit. But, you know, any one of these guys with kind of a, a late first round, early second round type of grade in the rookie draft, like th- those are the guys who actually, you know, that the Patriots would actually go with. And I just, I can't find a path. I can't write a story where Jarrett Stidham ends up as a starter. And now a bunch of backups go off the board, but there's two players that I do want to hit on real quick. And Kyle Allen was still in Carolina. He was taken at 26-2. Um there's been some talk that he could end up the starter there because he knows the system. It goes back to if we don't have, you know, spring football, what does that mean for everybody involved? And, you know, Cam Newton couldn't have chosen a worse year to become a free agent coming off an injury than this year because of everything that's going on with the coronavirus. But um, Kyle Allen's a guy that could get the opposite and actually luck into a starting spot. Do you give any value to him or is this pretty much where somebody like him should go? Um, I, I give some value to him for sure. Um, I, I think, uh, I, at this point, I do think he would go higher and I think he should go higher. I think he should go higher than Jarrett Stidham. Um, man, I mean, probably in Marcus Mariota territory, honestly, just because, you know, that it, it's not likely that he ends up as, as the starter, in at any point in 2020, but like there is a path, there is that story there for him. Um, you know, if, if Dwayne Haskins just cannot show any kind of development, any kind of improvement over the K over the course of like eight, 10 weeks, something like that. I mean, I think that you would see Kyle Allen at some point. And I, the problem is, I think that at that point, Kyle Allen becomes their bridge. I think they, you know, if Dwayne Haskins just isn't coming along, uh, they make the switch to Kyle Allen. I think they, in 2021, they're going to invest pretty heavily in one of the top guys. So, um, you know, it's certainly not a long-term proposition. But, again, if there's a path for him to be an NFL starter, then I think that there's, there's some value in that. I picked him up in the 16 team league I'm in. He's like my fourth nice. quarterback. And I'm just hoping that that's the way it works out. And that one of these guys that only has one quarterback or has somebody get hurt. And then I can dump him for, you know, high value, high end value. Um, last but not least. And then I got, I got one fan question and, um, and we'll get you out of here, but the, I don't remember if it's your show or where I heard it, but somebody said, if you're in a super flex league, every super flex league, Andrew Luck should be owned just in case. Do you subscribe to that? Because he was taken in the 25th round. That's And he's the last one I'm going to bring up. But is there any value to Andrew Luck on the back end of your roster late in the draft? Uh, somewhat, yeah. Um, I I still have him ranked. Uh, so my rankings are available at DynastyLeagueFootball.com, um, my uh, Superflex and 2QB rankings. And it's top 150, I believe. And uh, I still have Andrew Luck ranked at 150, or at least I did before my latest update. I don't remember for sure if he's still there, but I mean, it's, it's pretty unlikely at this point, but um, you know, we just saw it today with, with Rob Gronkowski coming back. 
um, you know, I don't, I don't know if that's a situation that you want to touch on to answer that, that question on Twitter, but, um, you know, that just the, the Rob Gronkowski coming out of retirement thing, uh, for a lot of people that felt like, uh, that felt pretty unexpected. And, you know, I, I think that there's, that there is a chance with Andrew Luck that it's, it's kind of the same thing for, you know, number one needed some time off to heal, uh, heal his body finally. And number two needs out of the situation he was in, (laughs) because that is, I mean, that, you know, that, that Colts front office is, is the whole reason that his career got cut short in the first place. So maybe it's a change of scenery and, and, you know, a little time off to heal. It's, it's certainly possible. Um, I wouldn't bank on it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, bet a whole lot of money on it, but I think there's, there's still a chance that Andrew Luck does come back. And if he does, uh, I mean, his value is just going to shoot through the roof. So, you know, I think it's worth a pick at that point. Um, he can be at the end of your bench and, and if he doesn't come back by the start of the 2020 season, you can pretty easily drop him and find somebody else who has a better chance of, of actually hitting for you. And I mean, like I said, it was around 25. So you're not getting, you're not getting winners in this range. You know, it was Robert Foster, Albert Wilson, uh, Byron Pringle and Rashad Higgins went right before him. Dante Pettis, <laughs> Trey Quinn, and Steven Sims Jr., who actually was a steal at 25-12. Man, you know, I'm in this league with E.K. Baller, and he's a writer too, and he is really good at fantasy football. He had – the more I look at his draft, he had a stellar draft. He got Stenum. Oh, so on Stenum. So you don't believe in him at all because he wants to trade – he was offering up Stenum for um, 21 picks, um, 20, 21 picks. You wouldn't give – what would you give for Stenum? Anything? In in as far as a twenty twenty one value goes, uh, maybe like a twenty twenty one third. Okay, so maybe, maybe a yeah, probably not even a second. I just I I just don't see it. I don't like you know a twenty twenty one third has you know there's there's just as much risk there as there is with Stidham. You yeah. know, even at a, like a ninety percent chance that Stidham never gets an NFL start. I think he's still just as likely to hit as, you know, a, a third round pick a year from now. So th- I, I I would do that, but that's probably the extent of it. So J Mike at J Mike check um, wanted me to ask you, um, and I should have caught this earlier and I didn't. Uh, what's your outlook on Tampa Bay's offense with the news of Gronk coming back? Does that change your opinion at all or is it what it was? So I don't think Gronk necessarily changes it. Um, I'm not totally sure, to be honest. Uh, you know, I, I kind of tweeted this out, just some some random thoughts on on Gronk. Um, and uh, y- you know, I, I I'm I'm I am curious uh, which is going to win out of you know the the there are two extreme philosophies on tight ends. Tom Brady loves them. Bruce Arians hates them. At least that's the way it seems. So you know, which, which one is going to end up winning out? Are they going to start featuring a tight end finally, because that's what the quarterback wants, or are they still going to run the system that the head coach has always run? Um, and, and I think that, I mean, the most likely scenario is it's somewhere in between maybe more of a commitment to the tight end, but still not a full commitment to the tight end. So, you know, I, I don't think Gronk does a whole lot for it, but 
uh, I got to give a shout out to uh, to my friend Bill McCarthy at Super du- Super Dupa Flex on Twitter, and uh, I, I was talking to him today about it, and he had the theory that you know there there's at this point Tampa Bay is just kind of the anti New England for for both Brady and for Gronk. There's a chance here that Arians is just like you know what Brady has been dying to open up the playbook since 2007 when they when they went away from it and said yeah obviously that's not a win, winning formula because we lost the super bowl so you know there's there's in in i mean we're kind of finding out that new england is not a great place to a very player friendly place to be i think that it was a fairly messy divorce between them and and brady certainly a messy divorce between them and gronk and uh, I, I would not be surprised at all uh, to see uh, to see them open up the playbook for um, for Brady and for Gronk, um, and, and you know we we might see a pretty pass heavy type of approach. Uh, so I I'm I'm pretty excited about that offense. All of a sudden, I think that that was a great point that Bill made. That this could be, you know, that this could just be kind of a uh, you know, let, let's just let's just let Brady do everything that he's always wanted to do and never been able to do. It might be a lot of airing it out, and this might be a very fantasy friendly offense. I don't do much for hot takes, but before Brady was even there, I said that Godwin would be the number two wide receiver this year behind Michael Thomas. That's as hot as I get, but I mean, he was already a top <laughs> 10 one. So I don't, somebody told me that was just lukewarm and I needed to do better. So, you know, I, I, uh, I'm a big believer in Stompy. So I said, you know, um, that Locke would, or yeah, Locke would end up as a, a top five quarterback and he'll finish ahead of Mahomes and, uh, and Lamar Jackson. So that's my trust nice. in him. And I have Kyler Murray too. It's Kyler Murray and Locke will finish ahead of, of Lamar Jackson and uh, and Patrick Mahomes and I'm a big Mahomes guy so that that says a lot but that's my my hot take for the year but um, I think Brady Brady's got a shot to really be a value for a lot of people this year because he was taken really late and he's he's got all the all the um, all the weapons but J Mike also wanted to know where where do we need OJ Howard to land just get him out of Tampa but where does he need to go Yeah that's that would be great. Um, and, and I, man, there, there are kind of a few good landing spots for him. I think Dallas is kind of the first one that comes to mind. They were linked to OJ Howard going back to the draft in 2017. Um, you know, they, they've, there's constant rumors of them making that trade. And I, I think it makes sense to finally send him there. Um, you know, Carolina, I think would make some sense. Uh, I, I, you know, I would say green Bay, but they don't really use the tight end. Uh, so I don't want that. Uh, New Orleans would be a good one. Anywhere where he can be, you know, one of the top, you know, three or four options in an offense, I think makes a lot of sense. And uh, especially if they've got if they've got a quarterback and, you know, a, a little bit of a need at tight end. Um, so those are some of them that come to mind. But there are several others, I think, that would make some sense, too. This has been an incredibly long show, and I so appreciate your time. And <laughs> I, I happy to do it. It's funny because I'm slowly working my way through the hosts of the Superflex Super Show, and you guys, all three of you, have the three longest shows I've done. Um, Stompy was on <laughs> first; he had the longest show. Ethan came on; he took that away, and now 
you've just spanked it, but this has been so good. And I mean, this is what this show's about. And um, I'm going to get into that in a second. But one thing I did want to ask you, because I forgot and got to be hashtag on brand. Is there any, where would be some values in the rookie draft for Superflex rookie quarterbacks without knowing landing spots? Obviously, this could all change in two days. But right now, your best guess and where you think they would be available in a Superflex rookie draft, who are some rookie quarterbacks I could I could sneak in late. Um, so admittedly, I'm, I, I'm not great with, the with the rookies just yet. Um, it, it kind of does come down to landing spot a lot for me, but I, I will say, uh, you know, and I'm usually not a fan of running quarterbacks like that. That just doesn't do it for me the way most people go crazy over it. But, um, uh, but Jalen hurts, I think is a guy who's, who's, you know, being very undervalued considering it, just all of the offensive tools that he has. Um, including the the rushing upside. I think that there's um, – I think that he could be a very good one. Um, I think Tua is going to be a value. Uh, that's not a – that's – I mean, that's certainly not what you're asking for. But, um, you know, I think that there's a chance that he, like we said earlier, he, he could fall below, you know, 1.02. He could fall somewhere in the neighborhood of 1.05 in our rookie drafts. And uh, to me – he could easily be 1.01 if you need a quarterback. So um, maybe the one other guy to mention is probably Anthony Gordon. Um, just uh, all of a sudden getting a, a, a good amount of, uh, of praise. And, and, you know, it's, it's a, a, again, there's the athleticism, there's the escapability and the elusiveness. Um, definitely has the arm talent. And uh, it, it's, it's just a matter of landing spot. But um he uh, he's another one to keep an eye on, I suppose. And I don't know how it started. I think it was because I had I had messaged you because I was using your strategy, um, <laughs> and you and I started talking a lot. And you've been you've spent so much time in DMs with me, and I appreciate all of it. And um, I'll cut this if you don't want me to mention it. But you know, because I don't no, like to mention DMs without prepping you, and I didn't. But you know, when I asked you to come on, you know. I'm just getting started. There hasn't even been that many episodes. I can't get weekly. Like one thing that um, uh, Shane from Dynasty Trade Headquarters says um, is you have to, if you're going to do a podcast, his belief is you do it every week, no matter what. That's why some weeks one of their guys will be out. And Shane actually messaged me one time. He says, you can edit a, you can record and edit a podcast, right? Or he said he needed somebody. And so there was one day I was over drinking with my neighbors. I said, I can record your show. But he, he goes, are you going to be on it? I said, no, I just, I'll record it. I'll set it up. Just here's my phone number. Text me when you're done. I'm over at my neighbor's drinking. But he, re- I recorded a show of him and and Kane, and he waited for me to come back. And I turned it off and I edited it down for him and I sent it over to him and he put it up and that was that. But he he will always go out and find somebody so he can have a show every week. I unfortunately, you know, I'm a one man show, so I haven't been real good about getting it out every week. And I guess you actually gave me an idea that I should have been using all along. And you made the remark when we were talking that. Um, you're just always happy to get on anybody's show, even though you're the get because you're the, you're the super flex dude. I'm an upstart podcast, you know, and I'm so happy to have you on here. And you were just as happy to come on because you, you mentioned mm-hmm. that you've got these thoughts always running around your head and constantly, and you just appreciate anybody that lets you say it out loud. And that's me, man. I, my dad jokes, you know, that I make house calls because what I do is I go from site to site fixing things. And, and so he calls them house calls. And so I'm always in my van. I'm in Midland, Texas right now. I'm from New Mexico, but I'm down in Midland. So I've got all that time. I'm listening to podcasts and I've got all these thoughts. I need to do a better job of just pulling over and recording stuff 
and then putting that into a show form. And I think that would actually work well for this show and just getting the thoughts out. But sometimes that's the hardest part is finding a way to, to get the thoughts out. So I can't, I can't mention enough how good of a dude you are, John. And I really, really appreciate you for, for all you've done um, for me with, with testing your strategy and, and really walking me through when to use it and, and player values and everything else. And I'm not telling everybody to DM John, cause I don't want him to get overwhelmed, but if you do have questions, <laughs> he's pretty good about getting back, but definitely add him on. He's at Superflex dude. Um, you know, shoot him a, um, a message that, you know, give him an at reply and he's pretty good. You know, we don't always catch all of them, especially if there's a lot going on. I know I can, even my at replies get, a little overwhelming at times and um but he's really good about um answering questions and he'll answer your dms too and and uh and he's done me right and so definitely check out the superflex show uh tell the people a little bit about ff merch because it's kind of i know there's a few of these concepts out there but there's not a ton of them and and i didn't even know what it was until about until you guys came along and then i found out there was more of these kind of consulting things but tell people about ff merch yeah, it's it's literally that we're we're mercenaries for hire. Um, you know, if you've got a draft coming up, or or um, you know, you just want to uh, just get some overall strategies and philosophies for roster management. Um, you know, season prep, draft prep, whatever it is, whatever you've got going, whatever settings you've got, um, and uh, we even do baseball now too. So, you know, it's it's meant to be kind of a one-stop shop, but it's a strategy session with a, with a fantasy football analyst, one of the mercenaries. And, um, you know, we'll sit down with you for, uh, for, you know, whatever amount of time and, and make sure that you feel prepped and feel comfortable and, uh, ready to take on whatever it is, whether it's a draft or, or, um, you know, an auction, we, we do auctions, uh, rookie drafts, Debbie, um, whatever you've got. And then, like I said, when it comes to in-season management as well, um, we can do some, uh, we just do one-on-one consultations going over, you know, whatever it is that, uh, that you want to, you want to crush. And there's some real value to that guy. So definitely check that out. And, um, the site, I'm sorry, I don't have it in front of me. Give them the website. Oh, I don't either. Um, um I it's say at FF, FF Mercs on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, there you go. that I know. And with a link to the website, yeah, I I don't I don't actually visit the website all that much, um, but yeah, I mean that's that's how you can get set up with a consultant. Um, but uh, yeah, in the meantime, you know, check out the FF Mercs podcast, and uh, um, you know, you can get some tidbits there, and then you know, do, set up a one-on-one consultation, and we can kind of fill in the blanks and and provide some context that you know, fits your specific needs. And uh, Debbie Kane's over there doing um, his Debbie show as well on the FF Merck stream. So if you're, and there's value, if I don't care, I always tell people I do a little bit of, I think this show has real redraft value because late picks are about the same for dynasty or redraft. Sometimes, you know, rookies will pop into later rounds of a dynasty one versus a redraft. But a lot of what we talk about can be used in a redraft league. And um, I think there's value if, if you play only redraft, there is value in listening to a dynasty show because you're ahead on the guys that pop up late in the season that you need to add. If you play dynasty, even if you don't play Debbie, there is value in listening to a Debbie show because it puts you ahead of everybody else on your um, rookies advice and everything else. And you know, it's all about the rookie draft in this. So if, even if you don't um, play Debbie, there's some value to at least listening to, 
um, a Debbie show once in a while. I listen to those guys and I listen to Ray GQ. And if you, if you listen to Kane and, and Ray, you're going to be so prepped for your rookie draft by the time it gets here that, you know, like the last two weeks I've been skipping most of my pods because I've heard it all before, you know, because I've listened to the <laughs> Debbie shows. Do you, do you take some good value out of the Debbie or do you play Debbie? I've got a couple Debbie leagues. Uh, I, it's definitely the weakest part of my game, but yeah, um, yeah I, I, I get a lot of help from, from, you know, Kane and Caleb and Ray GQ and, uh, Matt Hicks, um, you know, uh, uh, there's a handful of guys around. And then, I mean, even just my own co-hosts, uh, you know, uh, Stompy for sure. Um, James, the brain is one of, one of the absolute best Devi minds that I know. Um, he's, he's a great guy to hit up with that stuff. Um, but you know, Har and, and Stompy, they are as well. Ethan spends a lot of time on it. Like I'm by far, the worst on Debbie on the entire Superflex Super Show. I have one campus to uh, Canton League that I'm doing, and I took on commissioning it because I'm crazy and I'm so over my skis. It's not even funny. It's it's got to be the hardest thing in fantasy <laughs> I've ever done. Is I thought I thought tracking the pros was enough, and I thought it'd be easy enough to follow college because I'm a Husker fan, so I'm a big college fan. I follow college anyways. But you just there's so many players and so much going on. It's it's a lot. You definitely need somebody to help you sort through it. And we know we barely even talked about the Superflex Super Show. So you definitely need to check out the Superflex Super Show, which is what brought this all on. FF Mercs, you can find both those on Twitter um, at Superflex. Is it Superflex Super Show on Twitter? Uh, at Superflex Show. At Superflex Show. That's right. That's too many characters otherwise. And uh, <laughs> at FF Mercs, of course. And like I said, it's. Um, for this guy right here. Oh, by the way, on our trades that we put in, the uh, the one um, one's been rejected, but the one with the Tannehill Adams uh, for Kirk and Murray is still out there. So uh, we'll have to oh, nice. we'll have to see if that one yeah. goes. But the other one got yeah, rejected without a reply. So I'm I'm guessing he wasn't impressed with my offer. Um, <laughs> but you know it happens. Um, but yeah. yeah, anything else, John? You want to promote or or that I missed? Nah, that's that's pretty much all of it right there. Yeah, check out the Superflex Super Show. That's that's my baby. We're going live for the NFL. Uh, John, again, we're, we're almost two hours. I did not expect – I expected it to go long, but I was thinking an hour, and I'm going to cut this up into <laughs> definitely two episodes, maybe three, but I, I really appreciate your time, and, uh, and you know, thanks for – to everybody still listening, thank you for taking the time to listen. If you've enjoyed this pod – um, please follow us on Twitter at drafting late for the latest topics and content. Also send me some rate round, late round players. You want more info on to either DFF voice or at drafting late on the Twitter and uh, give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Um, as, as John says, you know, that gives you us a chance to um, get to more listeners and to, uh, and to really drill down to what y'all want. So, so help us out with that. Please give a review. And then, and while you're there, review the Superflex show and um, Superflex Super Show and the FF Mercs as well. Give those five stars as well. Take some time to follow John on his personal handle at Superflex Dude. Tonight's music is uh, by his Trophy Wife, which was provided by Katie uh, Bredenkamp. Check out the music video on YouTube and download it from Spotify or wherever you buy music. Folks, have a great week. It is draft week, folks. You're probably listening to this after the draft. There's going to be so much going on. If you listen to it before, hope to see you over on watch my Twitter because I'm going to be on a couple places, but check out John's show. Have a great week and win late.